Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe. Comes a legend. So much for us to talk about this evening. Uh, just the whole wrestling world seems to be turned upside down. We got a lot to get into this evening. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You go over there right now, you can chat about things, chat about what we're talking about on the show. Just get over there on the Facebook. Go ahead over there and like us. Get your friends to like us. We're so close to 400 likes. We got to get to that next milestone. So Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Check us out. You can always tweet us. Uh, at The Ken Reedy Show is our handle on the Twitter. And, as always, the, the website, TheKenReedyShow.com. Check that out. A whole bunch of neat stuff over there on the website. So be sure to go over there and check that out. Uh, we have a lot to get into tonight. And, as always... Get into it with my tag team partner. Couldn't do it without him. Dave, we're here. It's a Monday. How was your weekend this past weekend? Very uh, very fun and, and very eventful. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to Northeast Wrestling out here in uh, Connecticut, and we saw um, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, WWE Hall of Famer, 2014. Got to meet him, take a picture with him, get his autograph. Uh, Really nice guy. He was cool. Uh, talked to him for a few minutes, and uh, you know when we when we got in there, it was in this high school cafeteria. Uh, it, it, uh, it was just it was so hot that day that it smelled like bo, hot dog water, and Ben Gay. Like it was just a combination of like <laughs> those three things, which I never thought I'd smell all at the same time in the same room. But I was in this cafeteria with a lot of people and uh, you know sweating. 
profusely. We sit down next to Scott Hall, and my girlfriend says to him, I just want to apologize ahead of time. I might stink. And he goes, oh, no, you're fine. He goes, he goes I'm pretty ripe myself. And uh, got to talk to him for a few minutes, and I asked him, because I thought that his, uh, his Hall of Fame speech back in New Orleans was cut kind of short because of Mr. T's uh, allegiance to his mother. And uh, he said that, no, he planned it that way, that, you know, him and Kevin Nash talked, and Nash planned a short speech, and Hall had maybe about 12 words to say, and he said that, you know, he knows that the talent that are sitting in the audience have to work WrestleMania the next day, and it's a long show, and he didn't want to keep those guys up any longer than they had to be because they don't have much of a choice. They have to be at that ceremony. They're obligated to be there by the company. So that, on top of the fact that, they were honoring a character that he created, he, as he coined the phrase, a fake character. So there really wasn't much that he had to say about that. Um, and, uh, you know, he mentioned that he just, he just wanted to be short and sweet with the situation with the speech. So um, for those out there who thought maybe his speech got cut short like myself, he put the rumors to rest. It was not the case. And uh, overall, he was just a nice guy. He took some time to sit and talk with us for a few minutes. So I thought that was pretty cool. And got to meet his son, Cody. Uh, who, who travels with him and works on the indie scene. Cody wrestles in a tag match um, early, you know, later in the evening, and he's a big kid. And if you go on you know, Facebook and you see the pictures of him, you might see a picture with me on there with him. This guy's enormous. He's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, works, works just like his dad. Uh, you know, he's got the facial expressions. He's like a little Razor Ramon Jr., but he's not so little. And uh, he, he moves around good for a big guy. He's you know, he, he's got potential to be something someday. So I thought it was pretty cool that I got to check him out firsthand um, before, you know, eventually he would, you know, make it to the mainstream someday, which, by the way, rumors suggested that he was offered a WWE developmental contract, which he confirmed, yes, and he turned it down. Um, he felt that, you know, that he wanted to make a name for himself on the indie scene, and plus he didn't want his name to be changed, uh, like some of the, you know, second-generation talent that have, gone to WWE, like, you know, a, a, a Curtis Axel. Um, other than that, show was fun. Matt Hardy wrestled. By the way, Christy Hemme from TNA was there. She's the worst special guest referee in the history of special guest referees in the wrestling business. <laughs> um, I'm serious. It was, it was awful. You can even, you know, Anthony Coppola, Tony, will, will probably call in later. He will confirm it himself. I mean, she, she, whenever she'd go to make a count, you couldn't even hear her hand slapping the mat. You know, there were a few times, you know, one of the other girls got caught in the ropes and the other girl was choking her and she would forget the count. You know, some girl's shoulder was up and she'd still make the count. Her her hand never touched. Christy Hemme, stick the ring announcement in TNA for all 300 people at those house shows in the baseball stadiums. Uh, other than that, it was a fun weekend. I, I enjoyed myself. And, you know, that I always love going to the indie shows and, seeing future talent that, you know, could make it to TV someday. And it was just a fun night overall. Hot as hell in that gym, but fun. Yeah, it's funny because I guess we were we were out there this weekend uh, kind of checking out the, uh, the indie scene. Uh, I was actually at the uh, HOH on Friday night in Poughkeepsie. Um, honestly, you know, I, I've, I've praised HOH. Uh, a number of times on this show, uh, it probably was the weakest HOH show I've been to. I uh, just didn't have the same, I don't know, the same intensity as other HOH shows. Uh, they had a lot of Tommy students in a, a battle royal. 
Uh, there was a segment from uh, one of the guys in Impractical Jokers was there. Um, that segment went too long. Uh, that segment went into the Battle Royal, so the, the, sh- the show kind of came almost to a screeching halt at that point. Surprisingly, uh, Bad Influence uh, you know, wrestled, and their match was not very good, which was very surprising. Um, there were some good matches. AJ Styles and, and Chris Hero was a very good match. Uh, triple Threat with Anthony Nice, uh, Reynolds, and, and Petey Williams was a real good match. Uh, Stryker and, and Nunzio. Uh, was a very good match. So there, there were some good matches. It didn't have the same pop, I guess, as as the the old, the other HOH shows I've gone to. Unfortunately, I missed the one in Philly, and I heard that was an incredible show. Um, so, you know, everyone's going to have a clunker every now and again. So I think uh, Friday's uh, HOH was was their clunker. Although it was a lot better than a lot of indie shows you go to. So. Take her the grain of salt. It just happened to be the weakest uh, as far as HOH goes. Um, the interesting thing coming out of that show is Bully Ray, not on the show. Uh, he was pulled. Uh, now, if you want to believe storyline or it's real, who knows what's going on. But he's pulled last minute. Uh, Tommy gave a scathing promo uh, calling uh, Dixie Carter a bitch. Uh telling the fans to go on Twitter and, and, and tweet her how unfair this is and how much we don't like her. Um, and at that point in the, in the uh, card, two matches had, had happened, and Tommy said, I, I give those two matches away for free. Uh, if you want a refund because Bully Ray uh, isn't here, go to the door right now. You will get a full refund. Uh, so he offered that. Uh, I didn't see anyone walking towards the door, uh, but he did say that. Um, you know, it's, it's something that, to me as a fan, uh, seemed like it was something that was probably real, and Bully Ray was probably actually pulled from the show for some reason, and quite possibly Tommy was legitimately pissed off, but it seems like maybe they're going to use this uh, storyline, maybe HOH will wind up doing something with TNA. Um, it could be neat, could be interesting. I think TNA's got to start to think a little bit outside the box. Maybe HOH will help out uh, TNA when they come to New York. Who knows? But uh, to me, like, coming out of it, 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 it just, when Abyss and Rhino were defending Dixie and they grabbed the mic and were like, how dare you talk like that about Dixie Carter? That's when, for me, it started to sound like a work. So we'll see what happens. But Dave and I both out there checking out the, the indie scene, uh, some good stuff out there. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun, independent wrestling weekend for us. But, I, you know, the the biggest thing, and, and it's funny, man, you, you start to plan these shows. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about this. And, and last week, the big Seth Rollins turn, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. And, and then it's like all of a sudden, all over the Internet, the Internet blows up this afternoon. Um, who knows? Again, you've got to take everything with a grain of salt. Um, but it's everywhere right now that Daniel Bryan has had some serious complications in his recovery, uh, that the reports that we're reading, again, take everything with a grain of salt, uh, nothing official from the WWE, but that he's, he's not quite getting the strength back. One of the things. Uh, there's some complications, and it looks like Daniel Bryan will be either stripped of or have to give up the title tonight on Raw. Uh, furthering those rumors, Triple H uh, tweeted 
Uh, breaking, the Authority will make a blockbuster announcement tonight to start Raw. You won't want to miss it. So, is that blockbuster announcement that the, the title is now vacated? Who knows? Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, it, it definitely changes the landscape of the WWE. I, I, I guess, Dave, first off, I mean, for a guy like Daniel Bryan who worked his ass off to, to climb up the hill, uh, you know, if this true it, it's you gotta feel for daniel bryan oh it absolutely sucks i mean you know a, a roller coaster of, of a you know eight months from from or you know even close to a year i mean he really began to you know ascend up the ladder after wrestlemania 29 last year and that's where you really saw the beginning stages of him breaking out and becoming a main event player in wwe and the storylines and the ups and downs and the, the, his popularity just growing by leaps and bounds and becoming a mainstream, you know, going, his popularity has gone mainstream. I mean, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He and that chant are over like Rover. I mean, you know, when you've got a, a college basketball team that wins a buzzer beater and you've got the whole crowd that jumps out of the court and they're all chanting yes, and Daniel Bryan is seven or eight states over, you know, you know he's, he's, he's over. <laughs> you know, not to not to overuse that term, excuse me, but um, yeah, it, it does stink. And uh, you know, because I was really looking forward to, you know, the the chase to the title was fun. I enjoyed it. It was probably one of the best, you know, to me at least. It had its moments where it was dull and it lacked a few things, but for the most part, you and I stuck to it. You know, we said it last year after SummerSlam. Watch WrestleMania is going to be the big payoff for him, and then that, that's what it was. And we we got to witness it live with 75,000 other people, and it was one of the coolest experiences as a wrestling fan that I ever had. Uh, so, yeah, it does suck that, you know, it's coming to an end. But at the same time, you know, depending on how long he's going to be out, you know, when he comes back, the story writes itself. You know, guy with a neck injury mm-hmm. coming back, you know, having a, you know, having to give up the title that he never lost, it's, to, it's a story that will, that will be just as good as his – First chase to the title, in my opinion. Yeah, it, I mean it's a, it's a real shame, and, and you hope. I mean, there's a couple things that you got to start to think about with with this. Number one, you hope he can come back at all. Uh, back, neck, nerves, that, you know that stuff. You just never know. Um, so you hope he can come back at some point. You hope this is not something where. He is forced into a retirement. That's number one. Number two is, you know, if he's able to come back, the timetable, and how long does the WWE, you know, hold their breath? And it's kind of, I mean, it's a shame, but it's almost like, you know, the WWE has to be a little bit cold. And as much as it's horrible for Daniel Bryant, you know, life goes on, show goes on, they still have... You know, Raws to do. They have pay-per-views to to sell. They have a network to promote. Um, They need to move forward. Um, You know, for me, if I was the CEO of the WWE, for me, I would start thinking, all right, maybe I have to start booking things with the idea that Daniel Bryant won't come back. Uh, I got to put in these contingency plans because I don't know when and if this man is going to be able to come back. Um, it, and it's a real shame. So the question becomes, if in fact we're moving in that direction, if in fact it looks like Daniel Bryan is, is 
going to be stripped to the champ by the end of Raw. What does that mean as far as uh, the title picture? Who gets slotted mm-hmm. in, into the mix? And, and, you know, there's a lot of names out there, but, and, and I know the, the, internet, the Internet fans going to hate this, but, you know, when you look at the WWE and how they're structured and, and what they are as an entertainment entity and, you know, what they're all about, they had the, the stock issues as of late. They're trying to promote the network. You lose your, your big star. I, hate, I mean, I hate to say it, man, but John Cena becomes the guy. I know a lot of people have to, like, you know, uh, hoping that John Cena doesn't put, be put in the title picture. As, as far as business goes, I mean, it's, it's I don't know. Like, there's many guys that I would say, all right. It, it, and, again, if, in fact, we don't know when Daniel Bryan's going to come back. And right now, as you're having setbacks, you don't know how many setbacks you're going to have. You're not getting, again, speculation, but you're not getting that definitive Daniel Bryant will be fine by SummerSlam. Daniel Bryant will be fine by Money. We're not getting that. We're getting a, he's had a setback. We're hoping, we think he might be. That's a way to run a multi-billion dollar company kind of trying to tread water until maybe he comes back. Uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things, and I wanted to see. I really was curious to see what Daniel Bryant was going to do uh, with the, with a legit title run. Uh, it's looking like it's not going to happen, but I, I'm you know I'm curious, Dave. Like, who do you spot in there if, if Daniel Bryan is, is in fact stripped and you need to put someone in the title picture? Who is it? Well, the the, the rumors the rumors now suggest that you know. There's going to be two Money in the Bank ladder matches coming up at the end of this month in Boston. One will be for the championship, the vacated championship, and the other one will be for the traditional Money in the Bank briefcase for a future title shot. Now, Mike Johnson from ProWrestlingInsider.com came up with a great theory of how to book this. And he normally doesn't do fantasy booking, but he had basically said that you have Brian come out on Raw and before he cuts a promo or anything, you cut to the back somewhere in the parking lot, and he's attacked. And, you know, it's a bloody scene. And you go off the air with that. And then you build up for weeks. Everyone's going to blame Kane, thinking it's him, because Kane found this warpath with Daniel Bryan. And heading into the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, you have the seven or eight guys that are qualifying for the match or whatever, and there's one slot open that's a mystery. Out comes Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman would then introduce his client, Brock Lesnar, holding both the championships. Brock would then be responsible for not only ending the streak, but also definitively ending the yes movement. And Brock Lesnar would end up walking out of Money in the Bank with both titles becoming the champion. And he said you could kind of book his championship run kind of like what they used to do with Bruno, where Bruno would work, you know, TV and live events, you know, big big televised events, but wouldn't work the house shows as a champion. There's some there there were some points during that run with Bruno where he didn't work um, as many shows as, as as people think he did. So and Lesnar's kind of got that aura about himself um, where special appearances seem to work good for him. And the title hasn't been defended on house shows in over a month, so I don't think another month without the, the WWE champion would hurt house show business. WWE brands itself as WWE, 
they're not pointing at one name to sell tickets. Um, it's, it's overall as a company. I think that would work, and then you'd have Lesnar defending the title at, you know, let's say Battleground next month against the runner-up, the guy that he had, you know, knocked off the ladder to win the match. And then maybe you could do something with him and Brian at SummerSlam. Um, and it would be kind of interesting if you had Cesaro win the other ladder match and Heyman's got two guys winning two Money in the Bank matches, and then maybe that's how you could start the Cesaro babyface turn that's been rumored for months, even before WrestleMania. And then, of course, you could slot Daniel Bryan in if he can come back, you know, whenever, whenever doctors see him fit to come back. I mean, people have talked that, that SummerSlam is a safe bet for him to come back. So if you were to, you know, build SummerSlam around Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar and then maybe do the, you know, rumors were that they wanted to do the, the Cesaro cash-in at SummerSlam against Brock Lesnar after Brock Lesnar had beaten Bryan for the belt. Um, circumstances have changed now, but these are all different ideas and something that Mike Johnson had brought up that I thought would be really good for business for WWE. It would be something a little bit different, and it's a big money match that I think a lot of people would see. And with Brian's return, the story, like I said, could write itself, and that's how you kick off the summer, you know, heading towards SummerSlam with this title controversy. But, um, you know, Lesnar's a name. You mentioned Cena, and Cena, yes, he could be put in the title picture. I see that possibly happening. Um, I see a mixture of, you know, established talent and young talent being involved in these ladder matches. Um, but from what I've read, you know, the title was gonna be, is going to be taken off him tonight. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if he's going to, you know, come out and hand him over, or if they're going to strip him, or if they're going to set up an angle for his absence. But it's, plan- it's being planned it's going to happen tonight. And the rumor is, is that they already have plans as to who they want to win the ladder match and be the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion after Money in the Bank at the end of this month. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, and I, I like that idea. I mean, there's, it's just, it's a shame when you hear, you know, someone as talented as Daniel Bryant that, you know, with, with, with no timetable, no definitive timetable. I mean, hopefully we see him back uh, sooner than later. The other thing also that, that, you know, you got to start to think about when it comes to Daniel Bryan is is his style. Now, if he's able to come back, like and Dave, you made the point repeatedly. You know, Daniel Bryan's one of those guys that got over because of his work. Uh, that's his wrestling style put him over. His kinetic, high energy, you know, diving through the the top and middle rope onto his opponent outside the ring, uh, flying off the top rope, just just. You know, just that style is is what put him over. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I am the title wrestling fan. I am. I am a fan of of the bigger guys. I'm I'm a fan of the stronger guys. I've always been that way. Going back to when, I, you know, I was a fan of Hulk Hogan. I'm I'm a big fan of the strength moves and the big guys. Was not the biggest Daniel Bryan fan when he he came in. He won me over. He won me over by just this insane kinetic athleticism that just it was infectious you had to buy into what he was putting out there and i became a big fan you know just by watching match after match but he he didn't i didn't watch him i don't really watch roh um i wasn't a fan of his coming out of the indie scene so when he came in it was just this this little dude that i was like ah yeah whatever and he won me over uh what do we see if he's able to come back when, when, you know, let's just say when, when he comes back, when Daniel Bryan sets foot in the, the wrestling <laughs> ring, again, 
what kind of Daniel Bryan are we going to see? And if he has to change his style drastically, how does that affect his fan base? And that, you know, there's so many questions swirling around Daniel Bryan's condition now, Dave. Well, I, I will say that, you know, that, that, that you pose a good question there as far as, you know, what we're going to see coming out of him if he can return in, in regards to his wrestling style. Um, I mean, I know one thing that they'd have to get rid of is the diving headbutt and the the the, the missile drop kick. Um, you know, the diving headbutt attributed to a lot of the, the concussions that Chris Ben, the late Chris Benoit suffered, which ended up being a factor into the the the, the role that he played that weekend. When you know, unfortunately, he, you know, he had passed away, and his you know his family and that whole tragic incident that took place. Um, the drop kick too, you, know, you get that severe whiplash. There's no real right way to land, at least as far as I can tell, by watching a guy perform that, especially the way that you jump and then your feet have to go straight out. You you, you try to land on your back as much as you can, but you're going so fast and so hard that you're going to end up hitting your head. So I think that's going to be something that he's going to have to get rid of. Um, but at the same time, though, you know, I, I've seen a lot. I've seen some of Daniel Bryan's older stuff, and what you see currently on WWE, yes. You would see that in the indie scene, that you know, in Ring of Honor and all the things that he's done in the past. But he's got a lot more in his arsenal that WWE sometimes won't allow guys to use. So maybe there'll be some things that might be a little more safer for him, um, you know, for him to use when he were to come back. Uh, you know, his in-ring style is one that's, like you said, it's very energetic and, you know, high speed. And that's what got him over. And I think... It, that's the real question, is if, if when he comes back, how he's going to be able to adapt to a different style, or is he going to just, you know, do the same moves over again and continue to put punishment on his body? Uh, you know, this is one note that I'd like to bring up. The doctor that performed this neck procedure on him, and it was the same doctor that performed the neck procedure on Kurt Angle. He went through the front, front of the neck. A lot of guys like Steve Austin, Shane Helms, Edge, Rhino, even, you know, late Chris Benoit, all those guys went to Dr. Youngblood in, in San Antonio and they got the next fusion and went through, you know, they fused, this, you know, the, the, the discs and the bone spurs and got rid of that stuff. This was a procedure that was done through the front of the neck. And Kurt Angle has had numerous body issues, you know, multiple issues with his neck to this day. You know, granted, he also went, you know, seven, eight years without having neck surgery after he broke his neck in the 96 Olympics. But... He went to this doctor, and it, it, it was only a short-term fix, and I'm afraid that this thing for Brian might just be a short-term fix. And, you know, Ken, I told you on the you know on our pre-show meeting, but if he doesn't change his style and he returns and he doesn't go get another procedure done on his neck or, or rectify the situation that's taking place with the weakness in his arm right now, we could potentially see him out of wrestling within the next four or five years. And that's sad because he's he's a, he's a young guy. I mean, he's not too young, but he's young enough where he could probably go ten more years. But you know, that, that, that time will tell how that how that all plays out. And this is all speculation too. You know, let's not let's not go in here and say, oh, it's over, he's done. You know, this is all speculation. We don't know. I think it's very uncertain and up in the air. And until things get better, I think he's got to step off to the side right now. And, and let somebody else handle it and just be in doctor's care and hope that he can get better so that he can return. Yeah, and I think, Dave, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the biggest issue is the uncertainty. 
and and that's why he has to step aside. And that and I think that's what's tough for, you know, it's it's obviously got to be awful for Daniel Bryan, but it's tough on on the fans. You know, you 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 want to see Daniel Bryan back, but. It's just this big question mark, you know. It's and the, and the neck and the back and everything. It's so much different than other injuries, you know. Uh, you know, it's not that you can't have setbacks, but generally, you know, someone tears an ACL. Like there's a there's a period of time, the surgery, the, the rehab. You could basically, you know, gauge exactly when someone's going to be able to come back from that. You know, in baseball now, Tommy John surgery. It's pretty consistent where people can come back. But when it comes to back and neck injuries, there's just so many nerves, so many things that can go wrong. You know, who would have thought that, like, oh, one of his arms isn't getting the strength back? Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's a shame. We wish Daniel Bryan obviously the best, uh, a speedy recovery. Um, you know, it would be awesome if this was all, like, leaked misinformation and Daniel Bryan comes out tonight, rips off the neck brace and says, F you guys, I'm, de- I'm back. Um, that, and that would be awesome. I'm not. I wouldn't bet money on that, but that would be great. I hopefully he's back sooner than later. So you know, both of us here sending Daniel Bryan out our best uh, for a speedy recovery. Um, but it does make for um, some interesting times ahead for the WWE as far as the title picture goes. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Um, again, as the WWE title picture seems to be turned upside down. Also, what we got to get into, we're going to get into with you guys on the phones as well as Dave and I got to discuss a heel turn seemingly out of nowhere. Shocking end for Monday Night Raw last week. Seth Rollins turning on his brothers in the shield. We're going to get into that after the break. But right now, you hear it here each and every week. It is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Ken, thank you very much. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. And before I get into the top five stories this week, I got a little bit of breaking news, Ken. WrestleZone.com is reporting that Ring of Honor star Kevin Steen has officially signed a deal with WWE. I had mentioned it in my report last week that he had been on their radar and it had been rumored to him allegedly you know, in talks with them and he was going to sign. They can confirm through their WWE sources that Steen has now signed a contract with WWE. There's no timetables when he's going to uh, you know, report to the, the Performance Center in Orlando, but he's uh, scheduled for independent bookings through the month of June, so I assume he's going to fulfill his obligations. Now then, on to the top five stories of this week. The ongoing rumors of WWE and the Icon Sting's potential working relationship has taken a new twist. As of this morning, a talent agency sent out a casting call looking for musicians to play in an orchestra and a body double to play the role of the Icon Sting for some type of promo video being shot on June the 16th in Los Angeles, California. Speculation began on the potential of Sting signing with WWE, as well as the shoot taking place for a potential WWE documentary on on Sting's career. Excuse me, tongue tied here. Figure4WrestlingOnline.com now reports that this is not being filmed for WWE programming, and that this footage is being shot for another agency that frequently works with the WWE. As of this writing, Sting has not signed any type of contract with WWE 
and allegedly there are not plans for WWE to bring him onto television at this time. Last week, it was reported by the Wrestling Observer that TNA and Spike TV have not reached a new agreement as of now. The, the current deal is set to expire in October, and most television negotiations take place two to three months prior to the, to the current deal expiring. So expect negotiations to begin within the next month or so. It is being said by Spike officials that other wrestling groups have pitched their programming to Spike TV, but not Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling. Jarrett agreed contractually to not work with Spike once he left TNA. As of this writing, there is no word on what other wrestling groups approached Spike TV. Our third story this week. Last week, over in the United Kingdom, TNA star MVP suffered a knee injury at a Preston City Wrestling event. He then appeared at the next night's event on crutches and served as the promotion's general manager for the evening, cutting a promo apologizing to fans for not competing. It's being said by fans in attendance that he had trouble walking on his leg, hence the reason for the crutches. No word on the results of his MRI, but it should be noted that MVP could potentially have to back out of his TNA World Heavyweight title match with current champion Eric Young at this Sunday's Slammiversary pay-per-view. Word going around TNA that if MVP is unable to compete, his replacement could be Bobby Lashley. Medical scare for WWE Hall of Famer J.R. Jim Ross as he was hospitalized over the weekend for stroke-like symptoms. J.R. revealed in a blog today that after leaving Las Vegas from the annual Cauliflower Alley Club banquet, that he didn't feel well, so his wife, Mrs. Jan Ross, insisted he get looked at. In the blog, Ross also mentioned having no recollection of his speech at the banquet and attributed that to a fall in his head he took in his home a month ago, to which he did not mention to his wife. Doctors revealed after MRIs and tests on his brain that his prolonged use of Ambien as a sleep aid to combat insomnia was the primary issue for this medical issue. JR revealed that all medication issues have been cleared and he is currently home back to his normal routine and recovering. And our final story this week, as we spoke of earlier, it was a busy weekend for Tommy Dreamer and the House of Hardcore as Dreamer announced to the live crowd in Poughkeepsie on Friday night that a TV show was filming during the event, that show being True TV's Impractical Jokers. The crew filmed a segment for the show during which one of the losing contestants had to take chops from Tommy Dreamer after the show and they get beat up by a few of Dreamer's students from his wrestling school. No air date has been announced for this episode. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Like, so many things happening out. Just, it's amazing, like, all the news circulating. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to get to it now. Uh, you know, I want to get to the phones. Give us, indulge us for a couple minutes, and then we're going to get right into it. But, uh, you know, I just got to say, and we're going to dissect it further. I'm sure it's what a lot of people want to talk about. Um, the turn. The Seth Rollins turn last week. Um, I like it. I think as a wrestling fan, anything that kind of you don't see coming is a good thing. Uh, is it possible WWE will crap the bed going forward with this? Absolutely. Um, but for now, 
I'm optimistic. I kind of want to see where it's going to go. You heard it here last week on the show. I came out here and said what we saw out of the pay-per-view is that the WWE is, is pretty dead set on putting over the Shield as a faction. Uh, and had them win and win strong and win via a, a shutout, sweep, whatever you want to call it, uh, at the pay-per-view. And I was convinced that we're going to see uh, a strong run from the Shield. Uh, blindsided me. Didn't see that coming, uh, which, again, is a good thing. Um, you know, and it's interesting that you take a faction like that, and we'll see how this all unfolds, but probably at the apex of, of their strength, splits them up, which makes it even even more shocking. But the good thing is that, I mean, we'll see how this turns out, but you never saw that incarnation of the Shield get bad. They just kept getting better and better. They reached the pinnacle, and then Seth Rollins turns. I think it's going to be good for Seth Rollins. Uh, you know, he's an evolution. He's uh, the guy that came in with the least amount of hype. Um, he's getting the rub from Evolution. Uh, I like what I've seen out of Seth Rollins so far. So, again, very curious to see it on, how it unfolds. But right now, Dave, I look at this as a good thing. I do, too. I think the, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I didn't see the turn coming. I mean, the way that, you know, they portrayed the Shield the night before was that they are a strong unit, that they swept Evolution, that they are the strongest that they have ever been. And then, you know, the next night, Rollins, you know, turns on his brothers and, and then, you know, goes to the dark side, goes with Triple H in, in, in evolution. Uh, I thought the turn was very well done. Uh, you know, as I was watching it, um, I thought to myself, okay, you know, Hunter's coming out here with a sledgehammer and Orton, and they're by themselves, and they're going to confront the Shield. But, you know, what, what, there's got to there's be something going on. He's got to have a plan. And, you know, Rollins was the plan. I remember, you know, I was watching it in bed, and Rollins went to go grab the chair, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny if he just turned on them right now? And I didn't think that it was going to happen. I just thought, like, speaking hypothetically, like, wouldn't it be funny if he just turned on them right now? And I didn't think it was going to happen, and they caught me by surprise. I thought it was pretty cool. I'm optimistic to see where this goes. Um, I didn't didn't really care for the explanation on SmackDown where he kind of said that, you know, he's the only one that needs to, to know the explanation. I also didn't care for the fact that if he definitively turned and joined Evolution, he didn't really change his look up a bit. He wrestled house shows this weekend, teamed with Orton to take on Ambrose and Reigns, and he was still wearing his Shield gear. Um, so I, I'm kind of wondering, is this short-term thing? Maybe they're setting up Triple H in the authority. I don't know. Um, but overall, I'm very optimistic to see the, the, the Seth Rollins turn. Like you said, he was the one that got the least amount of hype. And, and, you know, when they first debuted, Ambrose got the most talked about. And then recently in the past six months, it's been rain. But Rollins has really kind of shined and kind of made himself an equal with those two. So I think that they got a lot of room to, to uh, you know, give an explanation as to why he's doing this. And that could be one of the reasons why. Um, but I, I'm, like I said, optimistic and hoping for the best with this angle. All right. So that's our take for it. We're going to continue to dissect this because obviously at this point, again, and it's a good thing for Seth Rollins, probably the most important storyline going in the WWE right now. So we'll see how it unfolds. But let's get out to the phones because a few of you have been very patient. We're going to start off with Mr. Trivia. 
He's on hold for a while. Mr. Trivier, your thoughts. Give it to us. What do you think? Well, I uh, I kind of agree with a lot of people out there that, that Seth Rollins' turn was a surprise. I didn't see it coming. If anything, I thought it would have been uh, like a Roman Reigns turn. But uh, I was surprised it was Seth Rollins. And um, this thing with Daniel Bryan. I mean, now, I've been thinking about this since I had heard that he was going to surrender the title tonight. What are the chances, just before he's ready to surrender the title, Vince McMahon comes out and saves the day? I I mean, it's it's possible. The only thing is, you know, realistically, though, you know, they need a champion that's going to defend the title. So, I mean, I I think it's one of those things, like, storyline-wise, you could make that work, but realistically, he he kind of just needs to go away for a while because he's he's got to rehab his neck, and we'll see when he comes back. So I I, I don't know. I don't really see that occurring. Um, it's always possible, but I, I don't see. What do you think, Dave? Well, realistically, like you said, he does need to go away and and, and get better and rehab and you know figure out you know what's wrong and why he hasn't been progressing. Um, yes, it could happen. Vince could show up. The only way I could see that happening is if the authority strips Brian of the title and somehow Hunter tries to declare himself the champion because he thinks it's best for business. I mean, his whole goal at WrestleMania was to end the yes movement and become the champion. So um, maybe, you know, Hunter tries to declare himself champion and Vince acts as, you know, the, the his foil and says, no, you're not the champion. The board has decided that they're going to, determine a new champion and then they make the announcement for money in the bank that the, the one of the latter matches is going to be for the vacant title so maybe that's the way you get vince on camera kind of get a surprise but i i honestly don't think that's going to happen i think they're i think they really are serious about phasing the mr mcmahon character out and not making so crucial um as a part of storylines and now it's really like hunter and stephanie's time to to be those characters that Vince was a decade prior. Okay, all right, good. Uh, excellent point there. I, uh, I, I see your, where you're going from with that. Also, guys, uh, don't forget, I did, uh, I did send you guys invites out to the July 26th show that's going to be in Waterbury, Connecticut at the Boys and Girls Club, the Grindhouse Championship Wrestling. Uh, former ECW champion Jason Knight is going to be on the card. Um, Mr. Trivia has been named as a guest the ring announcer for that evening, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's a new organization that's coming up, and their first show is July 26th at the Waterbury Boys and Girls Club. And, um, guys, one other thing before I go. Do you guys see possibly maybe a Dean Ambrose turn and let Roman Reigns go on his own as a singles competitor, or will there be a third member of the Shield? I, I, those are things that I think make make this storyline uh, something special right now. I, I don't know. I don't think we'll see an Ambrose turn uh, just yet. I, I think right now they'll just they'll play off the uh, we're shocked that our brother turned his back on us like this. Um, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I I don't see that happening soon. Um, but what I, I, I do see is that you know there's a lot of avenues they can go with with this storyline, and I think that's uh, that's what makes this storyline uh, something fun and entertaining um, to see where exactly they're going to go. I mean, are they going to have a 
know, how are they going to work this? Is it going to be Ambrose versus uh, Rollins? Is it going to be Reigns versus uh, Rollins? Uh, how are they going to are they going to give Rollins a tag? Is it Rollins going to team up with Orton and they're going to they have tag matches? Uh, who knows? There's a lot of openings for where the storyline can go. Um, but I, I would bet. I mean, I don't know your thoughts, Dave. I, I'm thinking Ambrose stays exactly who he is for the time being. I would agree with you. Um, I don't think that there's going to be another member of the Shield. I know that there's been speculation online, and you know the dirt sheets have said, "What if you know, you know, they had you know, a Sami Zayn from NXT replace Seth Rollins, or you know, it's been joked about that Bo Dallas replace him." Um, but I don't think adding another member to the Shield would be good. I think it would totally kill that kill that group and that concept. It's kind of like you know what WCW with the NWA did with. The four horsemen over the years, where they had, you know, they just slot different guys in. It, it's not going to work that this time. Um, like how the NWO got watered down at times, you know. I, I don't think I think there were too many apples in that bunch. And I, I don't think adding a guy to replace Rollins would be a good idea. Um, Ambrose, I do agree with you. For the time being, he'll be in the position that he's in with Reigns. But I think if anything, if the rumors suggest that it's going to be Roman Reigns and Triple H one-on-one, I think the turn, if Ambrose were to turn, it would be to help Triple H beat Reigns at SummerSlam. Um, I think Ambrose would probably get to the point where he's sick and tired of taking the beatings, and he would go with one of those, well, if you can't beat him, join him kind of theories. And maybe that's where you set up him and Seth Rollins as a tag team. And then they kind of make a run for the for the tag team titles, and that's when the shield would officially end, and Roman Reigns would start his ascent towards the the, the main event scene in WWE. Oh, okay. All right, guys. Hey, great. Looking forward to next week's call. Uh, I mean, uh, looking forward to the show next week. I'll be looking forward to calling in next week. And uh, guys, you have yourselves a great night. And uh, once again, great show. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Take it easy, man. And then, Mr. Trevor, yeah, it's, it's interesting, like, when you talk about Ambrose. I mean, I think that's what kind of sets this, to- this turn apart a bit is, you know, when, when you knew Batista was, was leaving, and if you had to bet money on the Shield, I, I think the first thing for me would have been, hey, maybe they turn Roman Reigns. Batista was kind of the muscle of, of evolution, so get the, you know, the muscle of the Shield, so to speak, comes in and... and Turns on the shield and fills that that gap in evolution. My second, if if I if that weren't my second prediction would be, well Ambrose is kind of languishing. I mean we've said it here, you know I'm sorry everyone who's a fan is, but he came in with the most hype and he's been a disappointment. Um, I think the shield as a unit has been incredible, but as the shield has evolved, uh, eyes opened when it came to Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns' stock continued to rise. Um, and a little bit, Rollins' stock started to rise. And people really started getting into, you know, how he works in the ring. And, and when he was trying to be the peacemaker between uh, Ambrose and Reigns, uh, how he could cut a promo. And, and I think you saw his stock begin to raise. You didn't see it out of Ambrose. If anything, his stock went down. So I was thinking, all right, you know, maybe Ambrose is a guy. You know, Batista leaves. Ambrose could use a shot in the arm. You know, he can cut great promos. Maybe as a heel, he can have some more intense, jerk-like promos. Maybe he's the guy. Um, I, I would never have predicted Rollins. Rollins, to me, was so out of left field, which, again, 
I think is is pretty cool. Um, so I, I'm curious to see where this is going to go uh, moving forward. Um, but you brought up a good point, Dave. You know, down the road, that would make sense for Ambrose to do the can't beat him, join him, and then that's how Roman Reigns begins uh, his his ascension. And that would, you know, having Orton and Triple H and a tag team uh, in Evolution, that could work. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you go back to the night after WrestleMania, you know, Ken and I, you were, you know, we were both there. It was Roman Reigns who really, you know, signaled the, the, the Shield, you know, evolution, you know, feud. He was the one that speared Triple H. The other two followed suit and went after, you know, the other guys. But, I mean, it could be one of those things where evolution just takes apart, the, you know, the, the last two members of the Shield, and it gets to the point where, you know, Ambrose, he's a, he's a slime ball. He's, he's naturally a bad guy, a heel. He could just go with one of those, you know what, if I can't, if I can't beat him, like, I'm sorry, I got I to gotta do what's best for me. I got to join him. And then he turns on Reigns, and that's how you start it. And then it, I, would, I would venture to guess if you were to go that route, then, that's, then SummerSlam of this year would be the launching point for WrestleMania next year. It would be, you know, Roman Reigns' ascent to getting his revenge on those two and Triple H and Evolution and then, you know, maybe becoming the champion. Who knows? But I, I think that would make much more sense because you can't do the Shield just half-ass with, with just the two of them. You'd have to have a really good replacement to replace Seth Rollins that would be, you know, the kick-ass and better than him to do the Shield. And I just don't think it's going to work. I would agree. I, 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 and I think that's what makes this group kind of special. Uh, like, I'd like to see it kind of end at this point because you have a faction that had an incredible run that never got bad. And I think that's kind of cool for for Shield to to stay like that. I'd like to switch a little bit, like we, we, as we hit upon Ambrose and where he's going to go, how this storyline is going to unfold. I think this could only be good for Ambrose. Maybe you know this is something that finally, you know, when the Shield is out there, the Shield minus Rollins, uh, maybe he gets a little bit more mic time. He's got you know his brother stabbed him in the back. Maybe we get to see a little more of the, the promo skill set out of Ambrose. Um, we, you know, now the character can even be, intensity could be ramped up even further, being stabbed in the back. Uh, be curious to see Ambrose versus Rollins, how, the, how those guys work together in the ring. So uh, to me, as much as I think this is great for Rollins, it's a good storyline, it can be very entertaining, I think this could be very good for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to give excuse me, it's going to give fans the opportunity to see him more in a solo role, see what he can do on his own when eventually the shield does break up. And so it's official that they're all three of them are separated and on their own. See what Ambrose has got. I mean, you know, everyone's been raving about him since the minute he walked in the door that he was the guy, that he was the man. Well, now's a perfect opportunity to see how well he can perform on his own. I think you know, this is a true test for him to see if he can really hang in the main event and be, you know, one of the future, you know, stars, top stars in WWE. I think he can do it. I hope so. I mean, you know, I've seen some of his stuff on the indie scene. Um, you know, I'm optimistic. I just, you know, I think you got to be honest that, you know, his work so far has not really distinguished himself. And maybe he came in with too much hype. Um, but I think this is something that could be very good for him. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. 
is the number to call. We're going to get you. You know, if you still got there's a lot of speculation with the storyline, a lot of get on the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Chat, what do you think about this storyline? Where it should go in the future? But we're going to go out to the phones now. We've got some people that have been on hold. And we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey, how you hey. doing, guys? How you doing? What are your thoughts? Lots of stuff going on. Give it to us, Tony. Okay, well, last week's last turn, I, I have to admit, I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming, but I, I, when I first saw it happen, I was just, just I didn't care I, for it. I thought it was, I thought it was just too soon to break up the shield. Up the shield. I, just, I just think it was a bad idea. And I, I just thought it was, I just, you know, you know, like as soon as like it's like Ambrose and Rain step forward, and like I see Rollins, they all chairs like, oh no, he's gonna turn heel. Then then it was like, what? You know, I just thought it was stupid. And I think I just think it was too soon to break up the shield. You know, like you know, you know. And the thing is, just like he's aligned with Triple H and Randy Orton now. You know, it's like I hope it's like no, they don't do what they always do with younger guys when they're with with those two. That's make make him look like make him look like a. You know, you know, to use the term a B plus or a C level guy, guy who's just some kind of job, just love what you know, like I'm all heat from. Kissy, I I don't know, like I I don't I would I mean I think being picked for this spot, uh, you know I think it's to to build up Rollins. Um, you know maybe Rollins is a guy that kind of surprised him that how good he is. Uh, you know like, like you said I I mean I'm now. Fully aware, kind of what you're saying, you know, the storyline, now they have to deliver on the storyline, and, and it could go south. Um, I'm optimistic. I like the fact that they shocked me, um, but I'm taking it with a grain of salt. If we go a month down the road, and this, this storyline is kind of crap in the bed, then yeah, then I'd go back to, you know, last week and be like, yeah, you know, maybe they should just let the Shield have have, have more of a run. So, you know, to me, it remains to be seen, but I'm kind of keeping an open mind. Uh, it, you know, see where the storyline goes. What are your thoughts, Dave? I mean, I hope that I hope that you know that they can get some mileage out of this. I mean, you've already kind of gotten everyone's attention with it. This is something that's been pretty big. A lot of people said this is one of the best endings to Raw in quite a while. So you're already deep. You're already neck deep in this. You really can't. I wouldn't say you really can't get out of this, but you got to find a good way to get out of this if this thing does go bad. So um, I would suggest that they just really focus on establishing Seth Rollins as a talent on his own and see how that, see how, what kind of a reaction that's going to get. And then if it gets a good enough reaction, then yes, people will, people will buy into this. Are you? Are you? Oh, I mean, okay, yeah, you saying, are, you, um, are you willing to to wait and see how it unfolds? Or you just you just hate it. Um. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, it's like I don't. I don't. Know, the, just the idea of him being with Triple H and Randy Orton, I just think is really does have the potential for it to bomb just because of the two guys that could potentially bury him. But uh, you know, it's it's like I say. You know, if, I mean, if they wanted to turn Rollins heel, he could have be. You know, it, he's he's not bad on the mic. You know, it's like he, he could do. You know, he could have cut his own cut his own promos. You know, it's like he could have been. Because I know on the commentary they were like, oh, you know, freaking Brancho, I can't stand. Was like, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, he was tired of being part of a threesome. Well, he went from one threesome to another. So it's it's and it's like you know, he just could have been on but, his own. You know, it's like I did that. To, I you know, 
wanted to break out on my own and be a single, you know, become so you, so you, the world champion or whatever. Tony, so you don't consider Rollins being aligned with them in any way, shape, or form, Rollins getting the rub from them by any means, by being associated with them? You don't consider that a, a rub? You consider the two of them potentially burying him? Possibly, yeah, because I do. I, I well, I, I don't want to sound prejudiced, but you know, Triple H is a McMahon, and we all know that anybody with that, you know, the McMahon family can't be trusted. So I, I really don't know Triple H. I really don't know if he's, you know, really ready to uh, pass the torch yet, because you know, it's like it's still got to be well, all about I mean, the game. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You you say that, but let's look at Triple H's track record here in 2014. He put Daniel Bryan over in the middle of the ring in front of 75,000 people at WrestleMania. Clean. No screwy finishes, nothing. A clean win. Then the next month, he put over Evol- or the Shield with Evolution. All three of those guys who are established on their own as singles competitors, <clears throat> reuniting as Evolution, putting the Shield over as a unit. And then last week, same thing at Payback, three, a 3-0 and sweep in that elimination match, and Hunter was the last guy to take the fall, and Hunter was in the camera shot at the end when the Shield was standing over him. You don't think that, that, that you think it's still all about the game? I mean, I, that that looks like to me he's trying to groom the future, and he's putting over the future so that there is a future WWE and wrestling for all of us fans to continue to watch. Well, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, you're right. I mean, hopefully, you know, because I mean, what I will credit him for is the is NXT because you know that you know I don't mean this go go do one eighty here, but you know, I mean, I will give him credit for NXT, but you know, since you know that that's actually been a better product in the main roster, but you know, it's like to bring those guys up, you know, it's like a lot of them tend to get, you know, they they become relegated to superstars of main event. You know, like you know, like a guy like a Sami Zayn or an Adrian Neville would eventually, if they get brought up, you know, they might not necessarily get the push they're getting in NXT. So it's like I I really have kind of mixed feelings about what's going to you know what's going to happen. And you know even like I said, like I, this, I agree this, with you. There. But even it's like they, they should have had the Shield. You know, like Triple H should have been, you know, like the Shield Evolution thing at Payback. You know, like that should have been it. You know, it's like it should have been. I think after the Shield swept up, you know, swept it, it should have been over. You know, it's like, and Triple H could have gone on to do whatever, you know, it's, instead of breaking them up because uh, he always wins or whatever, you know, it's because he's so, who he is or whatever. So it's, I, 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 I don't know. I just think I just think it's, you know, if they had just, you know, because sometimes it just doesn't feel like he or, he and uh, Stephanie is like, you know, I, I know Bruce slapped her at the, at the pay-per-view, but it's like it just, it just feels like they don't really, they don't really, you know, with the exception of, uh, well, I said Triple H lately has been, you know, what, WrestleMania and The Shield, like the last three, you know, last three pay-per-views, he's actually sold for Daniel Bryan and The Shield, but it just feels like, you know, it's like Stephanie comes in and ran, and just, you know, like, rags on everybody, and it's like, you know, yeah, she's a, a heel. A slap, yeah, but, yeah, but, but, no, but, but she never, she never gets she her come up. She's a heel. Huh? She never, the, the, the baby faces, whoever it is, Brie Bella or whoever, I mean, you know, they, they got to, Look at where the, the she baby got her, she comes got back and gets the heat back. She, she got her come up at the payback, and I'm pretty sure she was a part of getting her come up at the WrestleMania for 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 Brian beating her husband and going on to the main event. And I mean, she got her come up. I mean, well, I don't know. I, I I mean, agree to disagree, but I think that Hunter is 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 putting talent over and trying to build for the future and establish these guys as major players 
you know, by putting them over against, you know, the like himself and Orton and Batista, those guys that were big names. I, I, I think it's working right now. I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about it, and I don't think there's going to be any bearing of Seth Rollins. But like I said, agree to disagree. And, and the interesting thing is tonight will be the first step. I mean, I think, you know, going into Raw tonight, uh, let's see how this storyline begins to unfold with uh, Rollins being part of Evolution. Tony, thanks a lot for the call. we got some people on hold. We want to get to them, but uh, talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy. Yeah, it's interesting, man, because, you know, I don't it, – it's, uh, you know, it's a prevalent uh, – easy for me to say – uh, opinion out there amongst a lot of wrestling fans, but I do tend to fall on the side that you're speaking on, Dave. I, I just, uh, I think Triple H has done a lot to put over young talent um, o- over the past couple years, and and he is in charge. And let's face it, if if he wanted to bury Daniel Bryan, he probably could have. I mean, he's a McMahon. He could have said, "Nope, you're not winning the belt at WrestleMania." So. Um, you know, I, I know perception's reality. I know Triple H married the boss's daughter. At times, it didn't look good. But Triple H, in his prime, was a very talented wrestler. Um, I, you know, I never bought into that that burying thing with Triple H. It's, it's kind of, you know, look, it's a dog-eat-dog world. If I'm working for the WWE and I got my spot, well, I'm going to sit there and say, oh, there's a new guy here. Let me give him my spot. No, man, I'm going to take my spot. I'm going to take my spot however I can get it. And I'm going to make my money and try to make more money. You know, it's, you know, it's not what it's about. I mean, I, I, I do find it interesting that there are a lot of fans that are, well, Triple H to this, Triple H to that. Man, you know, if I had the number one spot in the company, I'm not giving it up. Kiss my ass. I'm keeping it as long as I can. So it, 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 it's an interesting dynamic. You know, I mean, you hear it with, with Cena, too, but... Well, Cena's the top guy in the number one wrestling company on the planet. He's just supposed to say, hey, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it to someone because they look hungry. They they did their, their work on the indie scene, so I'm going to give him my spot. I, I, I don't get that, that mentality. And I think that you, you've seen now with Triple H the difference between Triple H, the wrestler, and Triple H, the administrator. And Triple H, the administrator, is now thinking more about the company as a whole, and you're seeing him put over young talent. I, I you know, to me right now, I mean, Dave, you, we talked a lot about changing of the guard. Um, when you went back and, and you talked about WrestleMania 20 and how, like, the Eddie Guerreros of the world are part of, like, a, a changing of the guard back then, but th- those guys was, had names in the business, you know? Right now, this is one of the biggest youth movements I can remember ever seeing in wrestling. Guys that, you know, unless you follow the indie scene, guys that you don't know who they are, who are coming up and getting major spots on the roster. It's, you know, the future is here right now. And, you know, I think Triple H deserves a ton, not just a little bit, a ton of credit on how this roster has changed over the past year or so. Absolutely. I mean, proof is in the pudding with this performance center. I mean, and the way that he, the, the the different ways that he has gone into, you know, preserving talent and and acquiring talent for the future of WWE. I mean, you know, and, and for the future of the wrestling business as a whole, at least in my opinion, because, you know, a lot of people will knock, and, knock WWE because it doesn't do this or it does that or whatever. But at the end of the day, 
that's where most guys in the wrestling business want to be. And, and you know, Triple H is, is he's doing a lot of good for the business. The NXT show, I mean, I, I watch it, you know, a fair amount on the network. And the talent that comes out of there, I mean, he's picked the right talent. There's reasons why those guys are down there where they are, because now they're trying to establish NXT as a brand. Eventually they'll get brought up to the main roster, but they want to establish NXT as a brand. A brand. It's not just a launching point. For, for some of the younger guys, it's it's there to like make a stamp and make your mark and and and, and get noticed. Um, and he's done a great job with that, and he's done a great job with the performance center and just just little things. I mean, he's instituted a lot of stuff. I just read recently that now WWE is going to be um, doing uh, money management classes and, and and scholarships to to past and present talent that want to you know learn how to manage their money better. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of different things. The, the the wellness policy. I wouldn't say he was involved in that, but the the wellness policy's been a big deal in preserving talent for these for 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 years to come. And he's had a, he's had a part in it. So he's done a lot of good for that company, and to have them, you know, to to get them to move forward and 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 evolve and change in the wrestling business. And I think he's going to be just fine. He's going to have his own way of doing things, but he's also going to implement some ways that Vince did business in order to preserve WWE for, for generations to come. Totally agree. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. And we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey, what's going on? Which spot are you guys talking about? You said, this, you said spot, Ken, right? Uh, you mean like spot in the company? No, did you? I, no, well, yeah, but I, I could have sworn. I don't know. You said spot. Was it? Is it your dog spot? Is it a liver spot? <laughs> Somebody cut uh, the. Your spot. The Arn from. What happened? What did you say? The Arn Anderson promo. I love it. Yes, of course. Of course, yeah, it was the Arn Anderson exactly. promo. I could, but, I could um, spot that. I, 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 uh, I had to do that. There was. I, I kind of thought it was funny tonight. I had to be funny. <laughs> you got me. Um, was, uh-huh. was, oh, good. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, uh, with that being said, we're kicking this off. Um, yeah, I agree with everything that that you guys were saying about Triple H. Tony is better. And it's his opinion about what's going on. But Triple H puts over a lot of people. That even back in the day that I don't even think he should have, but he did. Um, so, but, you know, and, and I like the way the company, where it's going now with Triple H. You know, the guy's got a great head for the business. You know, we talked about this last week. He's got a great head for the business. You know, just because his father-in-law is Vince McMahon, everybody says he's a McMahon. He's still a, a Levesque. He married into the, the Helmsley. You know, he married into the McMahon family. You know, it makes it harder when you work for family. So he's got to be on his his so-called game. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and, and The Undertaker said it in, in, you know, on Triple H's documentary, or Triple H said that The Undertaker said this to him. Uh, you know, from this point on, everything you do, everything you accomplish is going to have an asterisk next to it as, as far as a lot of the fans. And it's 100% right. I mean, you, you got to, you know, Triple H, he's got to be willing to accept that sort of criticism. You marry the boss's daughter, 
you know, like you said, you, you get in business with family, uh, you know, people are going to have their own opinions. Um, in 2004, like, SummerSlam, you put over Eugene to the love of Christ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, point. give me a break. Eugene Dinsmore or whatever, you know, I mean, I, you know, and, and that's why I got pit man. I'm like, you know what, every time there's there's no, every time Triple H is not in, uh, involved in a storyline where it involves the championship, he gets he gets with this. He gets with Eugene. He gets with Eugene, and and people get to see Eugene. Uh, Eugene beat him. No, man. I mean, it's funny. I and and I, you know, and I read, you know, the stuff, and I interact with a lot of fans, and I and I get, and then and Tony's not alone. There are a lot of people that share that viewpoint. I personally have never felt like that. I've always liked Triple H. I always like what he brought to the table. Um, you know, if if you. If someone was being buried, <laughs> to me they deserve to be buried. I mean, you know, Triple H was he was great back in the day, right. and he's still great. You know, he's a guy that, again, like you said, Dave, he put over Daniel Bryan clean at WrestleMania. But let's not forget also a guy who's 44 years old who arguably put on the match of the night at WrestleMania. I mean, that guy can still go. So, you know, when it comes to Triple H, I mean, say what you want again. It's that asterisk that it's always going to be there. But the guy is very talented. I, he just is. He's a talented guy. He bleeds the business. He gets it. He's handpicking young stars now. Um, you know, I just I, I like what Triple H is doing. So we will see. I mean, again, a month from now, if Seth Rollins is just like, quote, unquote, buried, well, then we'll have to say Tony was 100% right. No, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree with that. I mean, you know, like I said in my earlier statement, that's Tony's opinion, and you know he's entitled to it. And Tony, and Tony's a great guy. He's on spot with everything. Um, I do agree on a couple of things. One, you know, we didn't see this coming. Um, you know, until the until the end, bringing Seth in here, I didn't I didn't like how Batista quit. I thought it was ridiculous. Because the way he said, I want my title shot, I want it now. First of all, like Triple H said, how could he ha- even if he wanted to give it to him, the champion is, 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 is out. And, and then he made his statement about, you know, you'll probably choke anyway, which I thought that was pretty funny. But I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think this was, again, it was unexpected. Now will, this, now will this do stuff for the people that, you know, we're looking forward to buying the Shield merchandise. I mean, they could still get it. I mean, you know, but how is that going to affect the Shield? Is you know, and the Shield is was their number one faction. You know, so I'm wondering how that's going to affect it. It's a good point. I mean, you know, but I, I would think there are people smarter than the three of us that are realizing, you know, as we, you know, if they're they're definitively going to end the Shield, that uh. You know, they'll be coming out with new merchandise and uh, banking on the fact that maybe solo T-shirts for Rollins will sell, uh, maybe new Evolution T-shirts, and and who knows what they wind up doing with the Shield. Uh, Do they do, uh, you know, they stick together as a Shield. They they come up with uh, new T-shirts for just the two of them. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's someone in the back thinking, all right, well, if we're going to turn Rollins, where are we going to go merchandise-wise? I, I would bet they're going to be okay, but it is—it's an interesting point because I—I don't know the facts and figures, but I would guess uh, Shield merchandise has got to be up there. Oh, Shield merchandise is definitely up there. Um, you know, 
on my Facebook, everybody was messaging me, and, and, and people I spoke to this week, um, friends I've been you know, bumped into, they were saying, I can't believe what happened to the Shield. And they said, you must be very happy with Seth Rollins going into, um, going into evolution. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. It, it would have been great if it was done the other way where they had a falling out or somebody had a falling out. I think this is the first time people left. Actually, he left basically when they were on good terms. So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know, but, um, you know, and then Friday night on SmackDown, he gave that little explanation to the big show. First of all, he don't have to give an explanation to the big show because the big show said, how could you do this? You sold out. Does the big show have memory loss himself? He sold out for money. So, you know what? He sold out. I remember when he did it with John Laurinaitis. But the big show got what he, he, he deserved on Friday night. And uh, who knows what's going to happen um, tonight. Unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it because the, the gods from Verizon decided to, to, to do something to my Verizon today. So I can't watch that. Oh, God. Can't use the phone. Tons of bitches. It's so, it's so fun. It's unbelievable that they would pick a Monday night to do this. <laughs> hey, you think they'd know? You think, Mike, yeah, yeah, you think they know? Mike's gonna watch more, and uh, and and this is gonna happen. But uh, guys, we'll speak to you next week. Oh, by the way, did you guys hear about John Cena? He suffered an injury on Saturday night. I, I did hear that. I, from what I understand, it it was. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, no, it wasn't they, a concussion, right? Somebody reported it might have been a concussion. Yeah, I heard that it wasn't a concussion, but his eye was Good. was swollen shut. But it, you know, it, that's something I'm sure. I mean, we, we might see him tonight with a with a black eye, but uh, well, you might John see him tonight good. with a black. You might see him tonight with a black eye. I'll be <laughs> I'll be I'll be watching Facebook, I guess. All right, right guys, great. and uh, and I'll speak to you next week. And it was great talking to you, Dave, and you can as always speak Take to you easy, next Mark. week. Oh. All right, bye bye. You know, it's, thanks, it's, Mike, and pay your cable. Mike. What was that? I said, thanks, Mike. Now go pay your cable. So you <laughs> it's interesting, you know, and, and Mike, as he's talking about, you know, the one thing that I did want to hit on with this Rollins turn is, you know, as, as times have changed, and, and, it, and, and, you know, wrestling has admitted to being sports entertainment, admitted to being scripted, and, you know, it's gotten more and more difficult for, like, true heels to exist. You know, if you're a, a, a cool heel, the crowd kind of likes you. You can do the most heinous thing on, on the planet, but if you come from the indie scene, uh, you know, the Internet fan is just going to cheer for you. Uh, one of the things I really... And, and you, you know, we've, we've talked in the past, Dave, about Cena turning heel. We've discussed it like it would be a weird heel turn because people would probably cheer. Um, what we got last week for 2014, we got a bona fide true heel turn. That crowd was shocked, and they were not happy with Seth Rollins. That turn pissed fans off. It was a true heel turn. It had that feel of people just hating Seth Rollins, and look, and, and not condoning it whatsoever, but rumors coming out that Seth Rollins was even receiving death threats, which is horrible. Get a life. That, that's disgusting. But I'm just using it to illustrate a point that this heel turn 
resonated. It got to fans. It, it was a true heel turn like what we grew up with. When someone turned heel, crowd hated them. It's, it's kind of a grayish area in 2014. We got a real heel turn last week, Dave. You know, I, I, I agree with you there. When I watched it, they, I, thought, I thought for sure that we'd see like a few guys in the front row or a good section of the audience kind of cheer it because it's something that they didn't expect and they thought it was cool. Like a lot of fans nowadays, it's cool to cheer the heels. But the reason why this was, why this was a, done like a classic heel turn is because he fired the first shot against the right guy, Roman Reigns, who quite, po- quite possibly is, was the most popular guy out of that group. They had built him up as like the centerpiece of the shield in recent months. If he hit Ambrose first, I don't think it would have had as much of an effect as him hitting Reigns first because Reigns is universally popular with, with guys, with young girls. A lot, of, a lot of people in wrestling say the best, the best baby face is a guy that you can hang out with and relate to and have a beer with. And, 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 and from a guy's standpoint and from a girl's standpoint, be you know, the most attractive guy on the planet. You, got, you, you can universally loved by men and women. And Reigns has that, in my opinion. And I think it'll only get bigger. So if he hit Ambrose first with that chair, I don't think it would have had as much of an effect. He hit Reigns from behind, the most popular guy out of the trio. It worked. Totally agree. I mean, it's a good, and I didn't even think of that, but that's that's a good point that he went after uh, Reigns first. It's funny, and even like you're saying, you know, Reigns. I mean, I've seen it all, but Reigns is doing a commercial for Father's Day. Um, you know, so definitely you can see the writing on the wall that Reigns is the guy that they're. Uh, you know, going to move forward with. Um, but I just, I love the fact that you had, like, you know, you don't get that anymore. But you had fans, like, universally across the board hating. And, and I, I do think on, on a lot of levels that, that that's good for the wrestling business. Uh, it's good for, you know, that the fans shouldn't see things coming all the time. We shouldn't be able to predict what's going to happen. You know, for better or worse, we can debate it till the cows come home. But the good thing coming out of Brock and the Undertaker WrestleMania is we didn't see it coming. And now where do we go from there with Brock Lesnar? You know, those are those moments where, you know, in 2014, when there's so much out there, when there's leaks, there's dirt sheets, you, you've watched it, you know it's scripted, you predict things, and a lot of it's really predictable. When they can turn it on its ear... And, and you're sitting there watching Raw, and, and you're like, wow, didn't see that coming. And it gets you to the point of you start fantasy booking in your head because you're like, wow, where's the storyline going to go? Because it's the last thing I expected. That's a good thing. Let's go back out to the phones. We have Anthony's been on hold for a while. Anthony, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, guys? Not much. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. I do have to confirm that Christy Hemi is by far the worst special guest referee I've ever seen in my life. I don't even think what Dave explained did it justice to how bad it was. You, it's really <laughs> one of those things you had to be there to see it. It's, it was all right. unexplainable. It was like a two-year-old boy trying to count to three. And actually, uh, Alexis Neve, who was uh, wrestling uh, Ruby Sky, kind of worked into the match for she was Almost giving her, I don't know if it was pre-planned that way or not, but it was pitiful. I, I don't have any other way to explain it, so it was just that bad. But uh, Connor noted the show was really good, and uh, it was cool to see uh, meet Scott Hall. 
and uh, see Cody Hall wrestle. I think uh, he may have a future. Um, he was uh, pretty impressive. So that was uh, a little clip on the screen for that show. But uh, Christy Hemme, stick to announcing. I don't know how good you are that, but special guest referring never again. Please save people. Save wrestling fans from the horror of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, it's tough news about uh, Daniel Bryan. I feel badly for him. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it all works out because uh, it's kind of a. Uh, hopefully, it will turn into be a good thing for him. Maybe a little boost when he comes back. But uh, hopefully, it's not too uh, bad. I'd hate to see uh, hate to see his career get railroaded because of an injury. But those kind of things happen. And then, as far as the uh, the heel turn goes, uh, I'm I'm with you guys. I obviously didn't see it coming. Uh, Rollins was the last one I thought would turn. Uh, I was starting to feel like maybe Reigns would turn, and or I thought Ambrose and Rollins would turn together, or just Ambrose would turn. I never thought of Rollins turning on his own. And uh, Dave brought up a great point, and uh, I was kind of thinking along with him at the same time was him hitting Reigns first was also good because my first reaction was to watch Ambrose and see what his reaction was. And his reaction was kind of like mine, like, what just happened? <laughs> so I thought that was really well done. And uh, I think it's all leading up to seeing Reigns as a singles competitor, which is uh, I'm kind of uh, feeling for that at this point. I love the Shield. I don't really want to see him break up, but I really do want to see if uh, Reigns could hack it on his own and uh, the other two as well. Yeah, it's all, you know, it's funny because I don't think anybody wanted to see the Shield break up per se, but I, I, there is something to be said, especially in wrestling, you know, leave them wanting more, you know? I, I do think that, like I said earlier, um, again, I like the Shield a lot, and I like them as a unit, and, and they looked real strong at the end of the pay-per-view. But you know what? Let's just say this is the end of the Shield, you look back on the Shield, that faction never got bad. And that's kind of cool. And you open yourself up for, you know, have split them up for a while. If the three of them have a decent singles run, you know, maybe in a few years you have the big reuniting of the Shield. Uh, which would be tremendous. Give them a short run, uh, bring them all back together. Uh, I, I just, I really like the fact that we never saw that faction get bad. We never saw them get watered down. Um, I just think that's a good thing when it comes to the Shield. And, you know, sometimes that's just it in life. You know, sometimes sometimes when you go to a concert, it's better the concert ends, you know, after an hour and a half than it lags on for like two and a half hours. And you're like, oh, God, now I just want to get out of here. Um, and that's what I like about the Shield. They, they got to the pinnacle of, of their, their power, and and then it was gone. I, I just think it, it's cool. Now we got to see how the storyline unfolds going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, totally on board with you with that one. I think maybe uh, they could have done more damage. Maybe not more damage, but could have done some damage to the group as a whole had they kept together too long. So uh, I'm interested to see where it goes with it. And of course, uh, you guys know I feel you know you were talking about the Triple H stuff. We spoke about it last week. Uh, I disagree with him, this whole idea that he buries guys, but, but, you know, some people feel that way. I I have a funny feeling that uh, this will be a good thing for Rollins. Uh, just, I mean, not knowing where they're going with it, per se, but I think it will be a good thing for him. I, 
I don't think they're, in, they're interested in damaging these guys. I think they're interested in, like you said before, maybe selling their own T-shirts and merchandise and everything else. And uh, they're, they're all the future company, so it should be fun for everybody. Totally agree with you. All right, I'll let you guys run. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week, and uh, hopefully I'm uh, expecting a pretty good show tonight, too. Thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you next week. Right, okay. Take care. Take yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, look, and respect the opinions. Uh, right now, though, we're going through these phone calls. Everyone's kind of digging the, the Rollins turn. Um, Tony not completely on board, so uh, we'll see how everything plays itself out. We're going to squeeze in one more call. we got a 203 number up here. Cole, are you there? Yes, I am. Who, who up, we got? Ben? What's Come up, on, man? We, we, we ate together at Jimmy John's in New Orleans. I figured you'd remember me by now. We've done this a few times. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing all right. I don't know Tony. Don't really listen to him that often. But I don't agree with him at all. Poor Tony. I'm sorry. What are your thoughts? If who the only person I can think that Triple H quote unquote never put over was a guy who's actually done very well for himself. Well, maybe two guys, but one of them's not with the company anymore, and the other one, he is technically still with the company, but we don't talk about him anymore. Jericho and Punk are two of the only guys who I remember Triple H facing that I don't really have much of a recollection of him being beat by them. I don't know, that's just me. I mean, yeah, Jericho I went on to win. Dave, you're the historian. I mean, can we confirm that? You're good at this. <laughs> first, as far as Punk goes, he never put him over. He's right about that. Punk was over um, by Triple H. They had that one match at Night of Champions a couple of years ago, and, and uh, that was the that only was time that they had gotten one on one in wrestle. Um, uh, of course, it was supposed to happen at WrestleMania, but that didn't happen. As far as Jericho goes, um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I could I mean, be I, wrong. I don't recall Jericho winning a match a, against Connor. But they had yeah. good matches and a rivalry that made Jericho look like a bigger like a star big than he was going into it. And a lot and of people consider that as being a point of point someone over. Someone over. Uh, so, so, maybe he did beat Jericho over. I mean, Jericho's talented in his own, own right. He's honored him over, over. Uh, uh, yeah, Tom, yeah, I had a kid figure out if there was actually one in actual wrestling match against And even and even if he didn't, didn't how, how many? How many? What? Six what, world titles, world? nine intercontinental titles, main event, main event WrestleMania. The guys don't do well himself, even though Triple H is quote unquote buried. buried. I don't I don't understand how people get this mentality from like like if we if we go back all the way back there that one dog eat dog time everyone who was there deserved to be there yeah I mean it's a weird was, go ahead go ahead the mentality was if if I remember I watched the the thing on the on the, the network the other night. If your segment wasn't good or your match wasn't good, next week you're cut. Cut. Everyone, everyone wanted to be everyone. Everyone. So, so when that spot, when that carries over into 2002, 2003, 2004, and those guys aren't there anymore, 
But Triple H is still there. But then the guy facing our guys who really didn't last long. I mean, Scott Steiner, Kevin Nash, Goldberg. And you can even throw Booker in there a little bit. None of those guys really stayed on Raw. Some not even the company. He was the guy because they knew he was dependable. Sean was, Sean, you know, you really didn't know. Uh, uh, Jericho was Jericho on Raw. On he was never the top heel. He was never the top heel. Never, and Jericho was bouncing Jericho back and forth from Babyface and him anyway. anyway. Why would no, I, 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 totally, hmm? I totally agree with you. I mean, I think it's, it's been a weird kind of... I mean, I, I honestly, like, I never had a problem with Triple H. And then, you know, as I... You know, got more and more into wrestling, and the internet became more prevalent. Prevalent, and you start reading stuff, and then you just start hearing like all these fans are like, "Oh, Triple H buries everyone," and just kind of became like I never thought of him like that. And, and yeah, you just yeah. just hearing other fans talk, it's like really like I, I always liked Triple H. I always thought he was pretty goddamn talented, and uh, you know, just kind of became uh, you know he, he buries guys, and and, it, and it's a lot of fans. I mean, you know, I'm not privy to everything that goes on behind the scenes, but like you said, it man, you know. You're in a spot, and you, you, what, you you're going to give it up, you know? I mean, no, no. Oh, you know, we're going to put you in the main event. No, there's this this new guy. No. Let's get, <laughs> man. You know, it's just kind of yeah. it's it's weird, and it's a weird mentality that a lot of fans have. Like, you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it if I had top spot oh. and I had a way to keep it. I'm going to keep my spot. The only the guy, guy who wants to do that is yeah. Cena. He doesn't want he doesn't it anymore. Want... Plain and simple. He, he he's there as long as as he'll be there, but but he wants someone else to step up. Just how it is. He's been trying new guys at every time. You hear him? Let's try this guy. Let's try that guy. Let's try Dolph Ziggler. Let's try Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I think you know, guy when, he, when he's done it yeah. for as long as he has, it's a tough schedule. You know, it's he's been beat up for years and. uh you know, maybe it's just it's time for him to go. We're going to let you go. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Give us a call next week. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds left, so all good points. Thanks a lot for the call. Yeah. And uh, we're, as, as we head out of tonight's episode, James brought up some real good points. Uh, we'll see what happens. But as we end this episode up, it uh, should be a very intriguing wall tonight, Dave. Yeah, looking forward to the explanation of how they handle the Daniel Bryan situation. A lot of anticipation for tonight, and I can see where the stage is set for Money in the Bank. And we'll react to it next week. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show for our Raw chat. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Enjoy Raw. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.